Hello, welcome to the corner of the round table. Uh, I'm Minga. This is Minga sitting across from me. This is Corbs as well, and we've got Tish here. Tish, how you doing? Good, thank you. Bit of a good weekend, I guess. Um, I had a wedding, so I couldn't watch meant much of the racing. Minga, you had a wedding too, didn't you? I did, Minga. I um, had Zini's wedding. Yeah. The great man. And I actually missed the ceremony. <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> well, I got a text from the bride the week before the wedding with a rundown of arrival times and stuff. And it said 3.30 to 3.45 arrival. I just read that, forgot about it. Well, I remembered it, but I forgot about the text. Got to like 3.20. I said, let's go. We left. I read the thing again and it seemed a bit weird and it was something about caterers or something and I'd copped the wrong text. And then I started sweating and I checked the actual invite and it was a three o'clock ceremony. Arrival at 2.30 and we were driving at 3.30 and uh, <laughs> it, oh my was, God. Yeah, it was bad. So my other mate who was there, I called him just to confirm that I'd fucked it and he's, he was laughing and he's like, yeah, you missed it. So then it was about damage control. Do I go in, act like I was there? Do I go in and bag myself? I don't know. We're, we went for the old sneak in. Did anybody see you? I think people would have seen me, but I didn't really know many people. So I was an insignificant character. Yeah. Um, went in. Zini was taking photos at the time, so he wasn't there. Oh, so yeah, because that was after the ceremony. So it was, uh, it was fully after. And then spotted Zini, gave him the thumbs up. He gave me the thumbs up. Big smile. Then we spoke. I told him it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Good move. And we just never mentioned it. We just never mentioned it. So I think, I don't know, we might have got away with it. Yeah, I wouldn't be saying anything about that. Especially not on on a podcast, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought about it. If, If Zanny ever does hear this, it means the podcast is doing well. So that's okay. Yeah. Mine went a lot smoother than that. We made it in time for everything. Um, it was good. Good crew. I, I think the highlight for me was probably... Have you guys ever seen a blind person dance? Like... Ever in your life? Like a real blind person? Yeah, not, not, a leg- actual- not legally blind. Well, I know it's a very blurry line between like what is completely blind and what's not, you know? Because if someone, I feel like if someone's walking around with one of those sticks, they probably uh, can't be completely blind, right? If they're unassisted. Ask the occupational therapist. Yes, they can. (laughs) But like they see a little bit, right? No. Pitch black. this This kid was completely blind. Anyway, he had he had a walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Oh, I keep going. 
No, I was just thinking, because sometimes I think with blind people that you see them walking around, but I think there's no way that's pitch black blind. Because it, but is there different, le- like Tish, is there different levels of it? Yeah, some people can have like blurriness or can't see colour and all sorts of different things. But I think, I'm, I mean, I didn't talk to the kid, but I feel like he was completely blind. He had a stick. He looked pretty blind. It was really cute. All, the, all his little mates were like walking around with him. Leading, leading him around, helping him out. It was great. But uh, seeing him on the dance floor was one of the most heartwarming things I've ever seen in my life. Cause he And you know what song he was getting down to the most? Who Let the Dogs Out by the Bar oh, Man. Could, it, he could feel it. What a he, fucking legend. He could feel it more than any of us have ever felt anything in our lives, I reckon. Like just the... like. And he's dancing on emotion, not what he thinks looks cool. Yeah. Like he's the, just, what he's feeling. It's, it's the, that whole um, dance like no one's watching. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> it's come exactly back. that. It's the purest form. It's the purest form of dance. Everyone's watching. He just doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, he danced a lot better than I, than I did, I reckon. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, it was truly heartwarming. Like, oh, it, yeah, I nearly shed a tear. It was beautiful. How old was he? Ballpark. He was young. Probably like no older than 10. Legend. But it really is It, it really is one of the nicest things you'll ever see. You'll ever a, see that. Could be a change to that saying now then. What would it be? Just dance like you're blind, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sorry. Probably wouldn't recommend it, though. <laughs> um, and that, anyway, I um, that was meant to be a nice thing, but I I, I meant I meant it in a good way. I didn't mean any offense. <laughs> um, off to a cracker. No, no, it's fine. Did did it, and then I, and then I had that that so that was a Saturday. That Sunday, I had the funniest dream. I had this dream that um, I was at a party and my mate um, David from Newcastle, he's the one who gave us that um, Newcastle Knights uh, Women's Rugby League final mail. He was there and there was like a dance floor and he handed me the DVD of, um, have you seen that movie Armageddon with Bruce Willis? Yes. And he saves the world or something in it, but... There's that the main song to it when he's like saving the world is that um, Aerosmith song. Yep. I, I don't. I think it's called "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." You know, and like so that song came on. Is that Aerosmith or Goo Goo Dolls? No, that's Aerosmith. That's Aerosmith. Okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, and then it's a, it's an epic song. And then when that was playing, David passed me the DVD of Armageddon. And I w- walked into the middle of the dance floor and held it, like arms stretched out above my head. And I looked to the sky and I just started spinning around. And I got up in the morning and I was like, fuck, that was the funniest dream. And then I, <laughs> I spoke to David and told him and he was like, dude, I had the weirdest dream as well. And then a couple of the other boys from down there in our group that I was talking to, they were like, oh, that's so weird. Like, we all had these really weird dreams last night. Did you guys have a weird dream on Sunday night as well? 
I couldn't tell you. I always have weird dreams. Because I, I looked at the moon and it was like a waning gibbous. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, it's, it's something, isn't it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but, but the waning gibbous is just before it's full. Yeah. I don't know if it's something. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's definitely something. Dream time. Yeah. Mm. That's a great song. Not a, it's a good movie too. Maybe a bit outdated at the moment, but give it a watch. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the tip, Mingo. So I had a good weekend, anyway. <laughs> I had a bit, of a bit of a weird one yesterday, actually. I've been waiting to bring this up with you guys. Didn't know if it was appropriate for the potty, but I thought I'd bring it up anyway. Oh, it's appropriate. Um, last night, just going through the, through the motions with my wife and um, our son, Nash, you know, done the bathing and everything, and... Um, as he was getting out of the bar, as Nick was saying, uh, calling out to me to get the towel, I turned, I was going to get his towel and I looked down the hallway and I see my dog, Bear, who's a labradoodle. He's like like air, air humping. And, and I was watching him like thinking he was like humping a towel or something weird, you know. And But he was kept air humping and I was like, something something wrong with him. Like I thought he was like, you know, having a fit or something even. And then so, like, I ran out to him and he was looking at me and he kept air humping. And then <laughs> and, and I noticed his, um, like, his rod was um, completely out of the pouch, like, to a point that it was completely out. And then these things that looked like nuts were, like, out as well. So I was like, it was, it was extended out to a point I've never seen it. <laughs> and so, and so, like... How long are we talking, like, like full rod, full le- length. Give me a length, like, uh, like, like this, si- at least six six inches, at least. I didn't know oh. the balls. Yeah, I, I know. The, at what? least, like that's that's with the rod. And how much rocket was out? Probably like four and a half. Four and a half inches of four rocket, and, a half. and then this extra bit, which like looks like looks like his balls as well, but it's it's, it's not the balls. So I qu- I've quickly got on the Google. I'm getting what do you mean? It but wasn't where are the they? Balls? Where are the balls coming out of? So they're not the balls. They're like there's. It's this. Um, oh, I'd have to look. How it up. big are it's they? It's like a, they, it's the bulbous. Like this, the bulbous or whatever is it? Is that what it's called? What is, I, I don't just, know. I just took a st- stab in the dark. Well, it, it's it's hanging out at the very bottom, and but it's like out of the 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 the, the sheath as well, completely out. But where and where are the balls? So the balls, not are the, the actual balls, balls those balls. Oh, those balls! That they're, they're out. Oh, they're completely out as well. So like, it's the, there's the rod, and then there's red ball. That red, is erect. Oh, it was, it was, <laughs> and the whole, and he just couldn't stop. He couldn't stop ejaculating. Like his, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and 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 he was looking at me like he was in like pain, and my wife, <laughs> oh, my wife's yelling at me. <laughs> my wife's yelling at me to get um, the towel for Nash, but I, he I, gave I, him the towel. I was quickly. Yeah, no, Ben needs a towel as well. <laughs> but I was quickly Googling and trying to figure out what to do. And it's a pretty common thing I found out um, where, like, that can happen, but it can end up being a little bit serious if it can't retract. So then I'm looking at, what do I do? What do I do? You know, because he, he was ejaculating everywhere. It's like, this is like, this is covering heaps of tiles now. And I was just trying to keep him in one spot. But everywhere he's moving. <laughs> how much hey, How much liquid? Hey, was it? Like, was like, it, a, like a fair bit. Was it was it green? Was it like no. a green? No, no, it was, it was like clear. It was clear. It was like I it was almost like a water, like a greener jizz, for I some reason. Because when you see the discharge that they have 
on the ed- end of their rockets sometimes. I always thought it looked like a little bit, had like a green tinge to it. I don't, I don't know. that hard. saying it was clear. Clear? It was clear. Translucent? Was like, tra- yeah, completely. Okay. Completely trans. And um, <laughs> um, so, Corbs, like are we talking like a cup of water? Oh, Amir? look, it's probably spread over maybe like six to eight tiles and it had covered them a fair bit like because it was just like, it was just like dripping out and spurting out like every five seconds <laughs> as he was thru- like air thrusting everywhere and he like couldn't control his thrusting and um, I was looking up how to get it, like how to fix it and oh, one of them was like, oh, this happens regularly to my dog like on this comment thing and it's like you, I always keep like a bit of KY jelly so I can pop it back in. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh I'm my not, what's god! KY? What's like KY like done? like lubricant to pop it back in. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then the next thing was, next suggestion was chuck some ice on it, like some ice mm. in a. I was going to say hot. I was going to say hot water. So I um I was grabbed a whole lot cold. of ice. I chucked it in like a in a paper towel. And wet the paper towel a bit, and then I just had to go up and like oh. plant plant that on the on the rod a bit. <laughs> like she actually did it. I had to. Well, I just like put put the paper towel, and I didn't want to touch this thing, you know. And um, the poor fella, it like within ten seconds, it actually worked. Like, oh, and um, Nick, yeah, it was a bit of a funny one going back to try to explain that to Nicola, and then it just got me thinking, like, can you imagine if that, if that happened, like to, to humans? <laughs> Have you ever had a cramp while in like your balls while you were ejaculating? Nah. Fuck, that's I fucking ask that to people all the time and they always say no. I don't think so. Well, you obviously have. Yeah. Fair few times. Cramping, like a, a proper cramp? Like it feels like a cramp in my testicles. Oh, It's painful. Is this after a long time off? Just, nah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a long time off? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 12 hours. For you? <laughs> anyway, Three it's hours. a bit of a weird one. I just thought I'd bring that up, you know, to clear the air. Yeah. Do you think that the bulbous bit that comes out that you're talking about, do you think that's part of how they get knotted? Do you I know think when they get knotted and they get stuck? I, that, I think that's something 100% to do with that. So I think it's th- that is used when they're mating to like latch on or something. They're trying to latch on. I think that's like a latch on... Something. Someone told me when they're knotted, you pour hot water on it. Hot water on it? Surely it's not hot. That's what I've been told. Fine well, I don't out. know how. You wouldn't want to go too hot. but So, Corbs. Well, the kettle. The the rod, like the skin of the rod, where the lipstick comes out. Yeah. Like, just imagine it's halfway. Yeah. Like when the lipstick's fully out and yep. it is the half of it's the rod. Are you saying the ball things are like... After that, yeah. After like, skin. Yeah, after... Um, part of lipstick. Yeah, part of lipstick, yeah. And it comes out like... An, there's like an extra inch of lipstick than that. So it was like... It's just ridiculous. So it's inside out. out. It's... It's, it's it looked, so far it out. Was, it was fucked. That's how you get stuck. Yeah. Mm. So you, you... You're a bit late today, Mingo, and you missed the... You missed the swans... The feeding of the swans out in the back. Yeah. Because we got swans... On the we live on the canal, and there's two swans that come up every afternoon, and you can feed them. They're always looking for food, but they have babies. So when we moved here, probably what four, five months ago, they just had babies, and now those babies are gone. They had six then, and they've already had 
another batch. And I was down in um, Tasmania with some mates not too long ago and where we were staying, we were on like the northwest coast. It's pretty like secluded. There's not a lot around there. And on the coastline in one of the little coves where there was like no swell getting in, there was two of the exact same black swans there. And uh, and I was thinking, um, they why do they why is there always just two swans? You know? Like they just they just stay in twos, and these ones, after seeing them, have that litter, or I don't know what you'd call it. Tish, what do you call? Uh, they're goslings, but like, what do you call? Like, is it a litter? I don't think so. I think it's something else. But when they have them, then those ones go off, and then they must go and find their partner somewhere. There might be some sort of like giant swan festival where they meet up and mate. I don't know because they're only ever in twos. But they love they love eating peas, and I was trying to I was trying to tell the boys down there that that they love eating frozen peas, and they were like, oh, and they didn't believe me, and I was like, no, they'll eat anything because, like, they love the peas, but they will literally eat anything because I was throwing I was throwing the dog shit off the back into the canal, back a while ago, and t- what and they were coming up and thinking it was food, and they were dead set eating the dog shit. Mm. They loved it, and then Tisha was like, "Stop throwing the dog shit in the canal." And I was like, "Guys, <laughs> all right." So I had to stop. Anyway, my mates didn't believe, like, didn't believe me that they like peas or something. But I started carrying on. Actually, at that point, about I'm carrying on a bit now, but I got to I got to say this. Um, I started carrying on about to them about how f- anyone who eats frozen vegetables <laughs> is a bit. How you going? Because I thought frozen vegetables were only for like poor people. <laughs> like people on the poverty line because I, because who's not going who's not go, when you're going to cook vegetables who's not going to the shop and getting fresh vegetables and cooking them and then both of them my mates down there were like I use frozen vegetables and stir fries every time <laughs> and I was just like sorry I honestly didn't think I didn't think you were poor <laughs> We always keep some frozen veggies in the freezer, actually. <laughs> For the swans? Yeah. Yeah, swans. But it's just when that hike, was it, you know, with all the veggies not long ago. Oh, yeah. Broccoli was incredibly expensive in that. Mainly for the baby, like for Nash. He froths broccoli, but... Yeah. Like, what about peas and corn? Well, corn's in a can. Well, well the, that's the other thing. What, who the hell ever eats peas anyway? <laughs> They're just for freezing... They're for freezing and putting on an injury or feeding to the swans. No, you're going to get around peas. What do you eat them with? Oh, risottos? Oh, yeah. Some sort of... Can you get peas that aren't frozen? I don't think so. I don't think you can. (laughs) Yeah, true. I've never seen them at the market. Yeah. Yeah, what did you have on those swans? The young of the year are called cygnets. What? The family of the babies. The litter. Okay, that's weird. Signet. I haven't heard that. But there you go. That was a bit of a weird start to the potty. That's, that's from the Trump, Trumpeter Swan Society. So I assume they know what they're talking about when it comes to swans. Trumpeter, the, the, is, the, the, is that a place? This is well, trumpeter, trumpeter could be where all the swans go. Uh, to find their mate, I don't know. It's an excellent sports podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Should we? Well, should we talk about? Has anybody else got anything stupid to talk about? Oh, probably. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about some sport. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd bring up a bit of cricket talk. We haven't done it yet. Corbs, you're a bit of a cricket fan. Minga, you don't like it. Do I like cricket? Yeah. I don't hate it. I I used to play cricket. I used to love cricket when I was younger. I like cricket. And I'm not ashamed of it. There was a stage in my life where I was ashamed that I liked and played it. Really? Yeah. But I have played it a lot. Till I was probably 28. You were pretty good, weren't you? Yeah, I was one of the greatest um, to come out of, like, my street. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was all right. Um, you told me you were <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> no, I was all right. Um, but I love cricket and I'm probably – I can sit there and watch a test match for five days. Could you guys do that? Not like every ball, but you, would you have it – would you follow a test match? So in summer, I definitely have the test matches running in the background. Yeah, what about you, Minga? But I'm back in – I'm back and forth. And it, and but I, yeah, I, I respect it. I'd like to, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to get around it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't follow it religiously nowadays or anything. Yeah, know? I just kind of, it just kind of dropped off with my things as I got a bit older. It just became one of the things that I did and didn't really follow anymore. All right, so there's a 2020 World Cup. I know a bit about it. Yeah, that's good. You know, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> That's good, Minga. So the twi- there's a 2020 World Cup starting next week and it's in Australia. Um, heaps of countries. There's like a little, you know, the minnows. They play like a qualifying series thing, which I think could be happening right now. Um, and there was a bit of an incident on the on the weekend. No, on the weekend. might have been actually Monday night um, where – Matty Wade, who's the wicketkeeper for Australia, he's a little bit of a – you'd probably hate him if you didn't follow. Like if you barrack for England, you'd probably hate Matty Wade. He talks a bit of shit, doesn't really back it up that much. He's just got a little bit of the C word about him, you know, which is okay. That's good. We don't mind that in Australia. There's a, bit of a, there's a bit of a hot topic. So he's, he's hit the ball – and the bowlers come in for the catch. Matty Wade's turned around, stuck the arm out, sort of acting oblivious to this. And he's put the bowler off. Bowler didn't catch it. So it's full on obstructing the field. Should be out. It's up to, it's up to England to appeal. They, didn't, they chose not to appeal, so he kept his wicket. There's some people on the side of bad sportsmanship, bad look. I'd just like to get your opinion on challenging rules and flirting on the edge. Now, is that cheating? Is that good play? Is that hard play? What is that? Can you did can he, did he hit? Sorry, did he hit the? Did someone hit the ball? Matty Wade hit it. He's, sorry, he's like top edged it. It's gone up. Bowler, okay, he's sort of moved a bit. Bowlers come in to catch it off his own bowling. Yeah, Matty Wade's. Done a Yui, and as he's done the Yui, sort of stuck an arm out, probably sort of semi as a reflex. 
The, it stopped the bowler, so the bowler couldn't catch it. Didn't catch it. Matty Wade should have, could have been out. Like, if they appealed, he would have been out. They didn't appeal, he wasn't out. I reckon it's play on. If um, England, you know, thought strongly of it, they would have appealed. But the match meant nothing, didn't it? Wasn't it like a trial game for the World Cup? Oh, it's just like an exhibition game. Um, so if it was a if it was if it meant something, do you think that would have appealed? Probably. And did it look like he did it deliberately? Yes. I'd say he did. I'd say he did too. Then I thought about it, and I think like it's a bad look. Australian cricket in the last five years has been in a bit of turmoil since the sandpaper thing. They got Tim Payne in. Sandpaper thing's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, that's blatant cheating, bringing sandpaper in. And, and how do you think you're going to get away with it? I've got no idea. It's so dumb. But I feel like there's rules in sport that are in place as a rule. And if you can bend them, I reckon you bend them in general. To your advantage, I don't. I don't really think it's bad. It's up to umpires and stuff to make that decision. It's probably cheating, which is like sandpaper type stuff. But I feel like it's, he's. I don't really love him, but I feel like what he did's not that bad. So you're not off him for it. I'm not off him for that incident, um, but I think a lot of people are, and there's just been a bit of uproar about it this week. Um that it's a bad look for Australia and stuff. And I feel like when you're a good side, and this is in all sports, people will probably say it's like it's a hard edge. It's Australia's hard edge. When you're a shit side, they'll probably say they're losers and they're cheats. And I think Australia is sort of somewhere in the middle at the moment, whether they're a good side or cheats. And Matty Wade probably doesn't have that many credits in the bank to be pulling moves like that. But, but I think as a whole... I don't think it's that bad. Well, I'm shocked. <laughs> you are I disgusted. Am sh- I, I am shocked and disgusted, <laughs> to be honest. Now, in saying that, the actual World Cup is playing, getting played in Australia. It's exciting and hopefully it brings a bit of publicity to cricket in general. Wait, can I just say before we move on from that, I think that if that was a World Cup final, I don't think Australian cricket fans would be saying, and we won. I don't think Australian cricket fans would be saying, oh, he's shamed us, he's disgraced us. Like, do, you th- do you think reputation just, is irrelevant? Apparently the, the England bowler said something about Australia after it and said typical Australia or something like that. Yeah, well, fuck them. Yeah, I kind of think fuck him as well. Take him out. Do you know what? When you were telling me that, I didn't care that he'd done it at all because it's Australia versus England. So I'm like, good, do yeah, it. Yeah, good. Whatever. Yeah, the old fuck enemy. The why, didn't they, why didn't they review it, England? If they, at the time, if it was pretty blatant, you know, and yeah. the replays are happening straight away, they would have reviewed it. Well, they have to appeal. Appealed it. Sorry. They literally have to, like, appeal. Oh, after like, the match. No, no, no. Okay. In, after the moment. They probably didn't have time to sort of contemplate. They sort of have to appeal on the spot. Um, yeah. Didn't, but but my, my view on it is fuck them. Yeah. Um, and the umpires didn't pay a decision, whatever. It'd be the same in any sport. 
Like if you're getting tackled in footy and it's going to be holding the ball, why wouldn't you just throw it and just hope the umpire doesn't see it? It's, I kind of think it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. just have a crack. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. If he didn't put his arm out, he would have got caught and he would have been out anyway. He's put his arm out. They might have appealed. He would have been out. They didn't appeal. He actually got away with one. Good on you, mate. I hope he tries it in the in the final. Yeah, so do I. Be a good way to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I just thought I'd speak about it. So, Australia won the last T Twenty World Cup in a great performance. This World Cup's in Australia. Um, we're favourites. Should be good. It's exciting. It's not the most lovable team ever, which kind of sucks. The Aussies. The Aussies. They're Why just, not? They're just not that lovable, Minga. Have they been lovable? They haven't been lovable. For, like, yeah. Probably, when would you say the last time was? So they were lovable 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been lovable for, for a while. Do you guys know any cricketers of the last well, 15 I've years? I've felt that way. Even though I haven't been following it closely, I've felt that way. Mm. Maybe oh, that's, I just felt – that's why I just fell out of love with it. I couldn't love any of them. Yeah, oh, I feel the same, Inga. I don't love – I don't think I love any of them. Like, I don't like David Warner. I never liked Michael Clark. I mean, I liked, like, Michael Hussey I mean Ricky Ponting. Yeah, they were kind of the last legends. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a guy that I like for Australia, bowls leg spin, plays in this short cricket, like T20s and stuff, Adam Zampa. Rare unit, bowls really well, fields well, can sort of bat. Bit of a bit of a weird dude off the field, quirky, but I really like him. And um, yeah, I'm. I think he'll have a huge tournament in this World Cup, and I think Australia will win. So I thought I'd get that out there early. What do you reckon, Corbs? Well. I reckon Australia wins as well in Australia. So do I. Yep. Wow. Are they night matches? Don't know. I'd say they'll. Yeah, I'd say they will. Are they all night matches? They go. They're good. They go for like two hours. It's a watchable thing, you know. For someone like Minga, fast. <laughs> it's over real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I can get around it. No, nah, let's get around it, boys. I think we get around it. I'll be getting around it's it. It's a couple of weeks. You know, I think we suck it. I think we watch twenty twenty World it. Cup in Australia. You better believe I'll be getting around it. Mm. But did, what we won the last one, didn't we? We did, and we weren't expected to win it, and it was a great effort, and it was kind of the, the most lovable thing Australia's done in cricket for a while. So, good stuff. But I find it weird that they wouldn't expect us to win it, though. Why? Why are we not just always expected to win it? Oh well, India were favourites, weren't they? Is the last one? Yeah, I think they were. You were favourite. Yeah, I think they were. Um, well, I guess when it's in different countries, the country, like the home ground advantage in cricket is massive. It's like, I'd say it's one of the biggest I can think of of any sport. Countries cheat. They have their pitches suit their bowlers and their batters and stuff. And Australia's like a very, um, it's like a very trademark sort of pitches. Like we have fast, bouncy pitches. Um, and our bowling suits it. Our batters bat well on it. The Indians, for example, the subcontinent, they have like completely different pitches. They bowl slower, they spin it, and all that sort of stuff. So, 
home ground advantage massive. Yeah, it's weird how it works like that. The Indians have hard pitches and stuff, don't they? Hard for us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you mean? Well, the ball doesn't bounce. They don't cover their pitches. They don't. They don't have grass on it. It's like bowling on dirt, so the ball doesn't really bounce. It spins heaps, so they have heaps of spinners that bowl real well. Oh, I always thought they looked like they'd like a bit of bounce. The Indians, yeah, they like a bit of spin. Do they? And what about the Pakistanis? They like a bit of bounce, bit of, don't they? Well, they're probably would it show a backdar? That's excellent, Minga. The chucker. Shoaib Akhtar bowled. He's the fastest bowler ever. Pakistan used to have some good quicks. He had Brett Lee covered, didn't he? He did. He had him just covered. It was sort of him and Brett Lee, and I think Akhtar. But he chucked. Oh, did he? That's what I was always told. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he chucked it. <laughs> Chucker. He chucked it for sure. Who was the other Pakistani guy that was – was it Imran Khan? Yeah. He's not, he like, a, he's not a chucker. He, nah, but isn't he? No, not at all. But isn't he like the president or the prime minister of Pakistan? Or he was until they kicked him out? Jeez, I don't know, Ming. I don't know too much about my Pakistani politics. <laughs> but, uh, I'm pretty sure Imran Khan <laughs> went on to like be the prime minister or the president of that country, whichever one they use. And then I think he got kicked out because he was like the only good one they've ever had. And then, of course, they kicked him out. Yes, he was the prime minister. What, there the cricketer? Go. The cricketer was the prime minister. Imran Khan. Former cricketer, yes, prime minister. Jeez, well done, Minga. There we go. You know how I learnt that? Cab ride. <laughs> yeah, talking to a cabbie. Told me all about that. It's Obvious, good. really. It is a it is a good conversation starter. <laughs> that's not that's that's fine, isn't it? Oh yeah. I'm a bit scared here. <laughs> what are we what else are we got? We're not really <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Are we telling the line? We <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Did you You want to Sorry I, I fucked you I fucked you up there Did you want to keep going No, I don't give a fuck We got the Rugby League World Cup Also Starting this Weekend I think it starts Sunday morning Or Monday morning Sunday I'm pretty sure Sunday Sunday morning I'll get it up now Now are you keen to Get around a bit of this Minga Yeah I'm real keen I actually Minga when was the World Cup when Johnny Wilkinson kicked the field goal? No, nah, that's Rugby Union. Is this Rugby League? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. It's it's nowhere near as good. <laughs> but it's still it's still pretty good. I thought only a sh- couple of countries played league. Yeah, well, that's why it's not as good. Oh, okay. But this one is shaping to be pretty good. So you've got... So you could say that England, Australia and New Zealand 
well, they were always the best. Australia usually by a mile, but we've got Samoa and Tonga that have got a lot of really good players as well. Uh, just like a lot of NRL players, like and their their squads are looking amazing. So it's going to be one of the best ones yet, I think. A lot of these league players are like pledging their allegiance to their home countries as well. Um, like Australian league players. Yep. Yeah, like, right. That's pretty cool. Um, which which actually caused a bit of like controversy and a bit of you know back and forth between a lot of um, commentators and whatever, just about. They're pledging their allegiance to these other countries and not Australia, even though a lot of these players played state of origin. So, like the purists and that think, if you played state of origin, you should 100% only be, well, you know, put yourself down for representing Australia first. Yeah. Where a few of them have done that, but then they've gone, um, they, they've seen, well, they think they're not going to, you know, fill that position for Australia. So they've immediately put their hand up for Tonga or Samoa or. Um, yeah, a range of other countries as well. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's way better for the for the game if you've got those guys going and playing for Tonga and Samoa, Fiji or wherever. Especially looking at the lineups now. Would there be many players that would have played, got a game for Australia that have chosen their home country? Yeah. They'd be in the squads, but you don't... Maybe. The Australian you know, side's still pretty stacked. But I mean, def- definitely you could throw them in there for sure. It's, I don't know, I think it's just better. I think it's better that way. It makes the international game a lot more interesting. And because you guys follow league, obviously, is it more exciting for you guys watching a World Cup with players that you follow rather than like a union one? No, we like we like union too. I think union's a better game. Yeah, but... So do I. Is, it, is that an attraction to the league one that Aussies that play league that you guys would watch every week are going to be playing in this World Cup? Yeah, especially now that they're playing for these other nations that like would have got decimated in the first, you know, in the first couple of rounds, but now they're looking like they could really shake the tree and. Yeah, well, Australia and New Zealand are going to meet each other in the semi-final, and they were pretty much with maybe England sometimes, like always the ones that are kind of in the final. Uh, so if they meet in the semi on the other side of the draw, you've got England, Samoa, and Tonga, who are the only ones that are going to make it. So one of them's going to be in the final. Hopefully it's not England, but I'll read you out some of the countries that are in it. So you've got England, France, Greece, Samoa, Australia, Fiji, Italy, Scotland, Ireland, Jamaica, Lebanon, New Zealand, Cook Islands, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, Wales. Well, and all these countries play league. Yeah. As a national code. I guess so. But what you've got in these teams, right? So Lebanon is full of NRL players. Um, Jamaica, I was looking at it, and it seems like a lot of them are from Jamaica and England, which will be pretty interesting. They're probably going to get smoked. Uh, Italy, there's a bunch of um, NRL players in it. Uh, I think a couple are playing for Scotland. Ireland's got NRL players in it, but there's also the Super League in England, which is their league. So they're kind of spread throughout those European ones as well. Papua New Guinea are actually really good. They've got a lot of guys that play for their, I think it's their, they play in the Queensland Cup, the PNG Hunters. Yep. 
but they've got guys in the NRL as well. They've got good players. They beat Fiji. Fiji have always got good players, but Fiji looked, um, when they played PNG and they lost, they looked kind of terrible. It looked like their defence was awful and they just looked really lost in attack. And they're way bigger than them as well. Fijians were way bigger. Yeah. They still got towed up a bit. The Papua New Guineans are so good to watch. Yep, tough as nails as well. They go so hard. But yeah, New Zealand and Australia meeting in the semis is huge because it just gives somebody else a chance to get to that final. But I really doubt anybody beats New Zealand or Australia in that final. So would they be the one and two seed or? Yeah. not. I know they're obviously not with a draw, but why would they have it so they're playing in a semi? When I look at the draw, it looks like they kept Australia in its own group, New Zealand in its own group, Tonga in its own group, and they put England and Samoa together. So I think they were just kind of keeping them apart. They didn't want to have maybe three in a group. But I, yeah, you're right. I don't know why they wouldn't put them on opposite sides of the draw, opposite sides of the draw, so they'd meet in the final. It's a bit weird, unless there's some, you know, something a bit random to it. Is it maybe because it's in England? Maybe. It's probably just how the draw works out, but yeah, it's probably worked out favourably for England, you know, being in England as well. Yeah, and I don't know anything about the England team, so it'd be interesting to see how they go. They just beat someone 50-0. I think it was either Italy or Greece, but that was a trial. Uh, in New Zealand just played Leeds Rhinos, with, which is a Super League team, and they beat them 70-4 to four or something crazy like that. And, and how often is this World Cup? Four years? Yeah, every four years. Yep, has to be. Been a bit of a break with it with COVID or something, I think. But And it's usually Australia, New Zealand. In the final, yeah. Big dogs. Yeah. yeah. Until this year, it's been very much just Australia, New Zealand and England. But it was kind of, you know, you know, between. So... This is better, but still, it's nowhere near as competitive as the Rugby Union World Cup. Uh, Lebanon, though, which you might be keen to get around. Do you remember when you you were we were hanging out and you were saying to me that you thought you might have a bit of Dagestani uh, wrestler in your bloodline? Yeah, I do, Minga. And then you messaged your dad and you asked him if you had any... Um, had any Dagestani fighter what his response? in your family? Yeah, yeah. What did he say? I could find this. I think you were you were hoping, but where? But where is? But where is your dad's heritage? It's Lebanese, isn't it? Oh, hang on. Here we go, Minga. I don't know what you were hoping he was going to say. It was along <laughs> the lines of, "We are not fighters. <laughs> we are." We are boat people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, like fishermen, because he's a mad fisherman, right? Yeah, was it? We are boat people. He goes, he goes. I'm pretty sure he said, "Nah, mate, boat people." <laughs> Jeez, I'd love to find Which the he, message, Minga. Yeah. <laughs> Search um, wrestler or Dagestani. I've <laughs> searched it, and it's come up with you. Telling me that I'm a boat person. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. He said that. <laughs> Your dad's a big fan of this. He's probably the biggest fan of the show, isn't he? He actually, um, he reports back to me with his favourite things. Last week it was 
I think he's an episode behind. Last week it was he loved the mattress apprentice story. Um, the week before he loved a bit of Cam Smith talk, and he loves he loves Toad Coat. <laughs> <laughs> Toad Coat's got a fan. Is he sa- are th- is him and your mum sailing around the coast or something? They are. They're in um, Mackay, and I think they're sort of stranded because the weather's bad. So. They're moored up there. They're trying to get escape. Um, yeah, spoke to him today. They're, they're just trying to work some stuff out. But the side of the full-on boat people. He's a full-on boat person. <laughs> Boaty. He wasn't lying. No, we're not fighters. <laughs> we're fishermen. Fighters of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nothing wrong with that. It's amazing. But I think Lebanon will actually... Do all right. I reckon they might even make it out of that that pool. I think they got New Zealand in there. They got like um, Adam Dewey, Mitch Moses in the halves. I think if you've got two good halves like that, you um, immediately are just sitting way prettier than somewhere like. I think Fiji really lacks in the halves. Uh, Tonga has the most ridiculous forward pack you've ever seen, but they have a serious lack of halves. And I think that is going to be a problem to for them. So that's why I'd kind of lean more to Samoa or England getting through that other side to the final. Samoa looks so good, I reckon. Yeah. And that's the opening game. So it does start Sunday, uh, like night at 12.30 a.m. Yeah, it's Samoa and England, isn't it? Yep. I'm really liking Samoa. 12.30 at the li- a.m. I'm, I'm really liking Samoa at the line there at minus 3.5. Yeah. I just don't know enough about England. But that the time slots are absolutely fucked. I don't know how we're even meant to watch any of it. And if you look at the Samoan back line, how it's shaping up, you've got Jerome Luai and Milford in the halves. Milford can be a bit hit and miss and questionable, but he's the captain there. Yeah. Then you've got Brian Toto on one of the wings with Tobai Fidau on the other wing. Suwali possibly in the back. I think he'll be playing fullback. And then Isaac Tago. Yeah. I'm saying that wrong, I know. I think it's Tago. Tago? Tago and uh, Stephen Crichton. Yeah. It's like the so Panthers' like back line with a Swiss Suwali in there. Crazy back line. No, yeah, it's it's honestly, yeah, that back line looks better than and any other back line in the whole comp, I reckon. And then the forward pack, they've got Papali'i, Jaden Sua. Oh, they got... Martin to tap, uh, sorry, Tupau, Royce Hunt, they got Spencer Linu. They had a huge forward pack. Yeah, I th- I think they I think they'll make the final. Cam Smith playing? No, nah, he um I think he's playing in a tournament in um I don't know they played at Bangkok last week. I think a Spanish guy won it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where they're playing next week. Oh, okay. In on in live Cam Smith mix up. Hey, the Cam Smith mix ups. Are you talking about Cam Smith? Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, he. No, are, are you or are you talking about Cam Smith? Cam. Which one? The rugby player. Yeah. No. No. He's he's, he's retired. retired. Oh. Yeah. Sweet. I'm gonna get into this, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit to this the Cricket World Cup. 
Have we got some good fights coming up? Hey, Connie. Oracle, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Um, finna eat. <laughs> finna eat. I understand <laughs> what you're talking about now. Yeah, what about you, boys? Yeah, got traveling well. Ticking boxes. Yeah, good. We got Dano here this week. He's oh, excited. Oh, back, Dano. How was your date night? Mate, it was good, but more importantly, just hearing your voice right now. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's good. I just feel calm. Good to hear your voice too. I just feel calm. Just wash. <laughs> it, wash, it washes over you. Oh, I'm tingly. It's ethereal in a way. Well, geez, mate. Let's uh, let's get into it, shall we? Oh, mate. Big weekend ahead. Exciting times. Oh, my God. I just can't. Right, look, I'd say I can't wait, but I've got another wedding and I'm going to miss him again. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, well, look, I'm going to try and get on the phone and, and have a little watch, but oh, I don't know. I'll do my best. What time's the, the ceremony? I don't know, but they're always around like two or three, aren't they? Probably like the worst time. I remember the last one was like right when the, when the, um, when the good ones were on. When it's in winter, it's all right because you're not copying daylight savings. You remember you've got to take off the hour. So usually if you're... Unless, of course, you're down south, you're usually copping that hour back, so you're going to miss the big ones, or at least a good portion of them anyway. Yeah, it makes it hard. Hey, wedding's at the Sunshine Coast, so okay. we'll see what happens. What about, uh, so do you want to do like a bit of a rundown of last weekend? Cause yeah. I reckon last week was, like, well, outside, we'll, we'll talk on Randwick because it was pretty easy to talk about. And it's going to take us about... A minute. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I think I think we can pat ourselves on the back because we nailed the pattern for last week. We said, obviously, remember we were we used the historical data linking Eduardo leading up Nature Strip and Shelby sixty six. Yeah. So it was up and in, and I think nearly all the horses were winning from up and in. I think besides Never Talk. Yeah, it was um, a huge run. N- not a single horse made up ground at all throughout the day. So. I think that I, I think you can forgive every single horse that went around, and I think the beaten margins, those winners, I think yeah, be cautious with backing them next start because they will be flattered by that track. That's for sure. Yeah, good. I, I think I'm definitely going to be on Never Took next start. If you get a heavy deck. Yeah, I reckon you you'd be laughing rather than a true Randwick. I think I think it's a it'd be a, a nice little bet actually. To be honest, I'm not sure if you're going to get a price about it though. Yeah, you're definitely not, are you? Because that was like that flashing light that I think everyone sat back and went, whoa, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, I got a little piece of it on the weekend. That was the last race I got to watch before the wedding. I had, I think it was about yep. $3 something to play, so I got a piece of that. Pretty yeah, it had a weirdly a late drift, which I think that was probably because the big syndicates would have jumped on it um, with it just being a real up and in leader, get the rail bias type thing. But I think they discounted the fact that it's an absolute mutter. Yeah, it's a tough mutter. I just can't believe, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Randwick wasn't abandoned earlier. Oh, I know. I listened to a few little like things on like the radio throughout the week and a lot of people were calling for them to like, I don't know why they didn't, knowing that they had all that rain, why they didn't bring the races forward like an hour or even two hours and reduce the time in between races because they knew that that heavy rain was going to hit in the afternoon. They could have had race nine 
essentially running or just before that rain hit. Yeah, they do that sometimes too. Well, they, they do it with the have, heat, don't they? They can do that with the heat. Yeah, remember they had that Flemington meet, I think, was it last year, the year before, where they started, where we were like waking up. It's like nine o'clock, first race. We're like, what? Yeah. That, that was so, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I would love that, to be honest. Like roll into Randwick in the morning and then slowly trickle into Brisbane, oh. Sydney, um, sorry, Victoria, and then you finish with the Ascot. You got a whole day. Oh, just give it to me for 24 Wife hours. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. yeah, so in the summary to Randwick, essentially just just treat with caution in terms of following and and forgive every horse that went around that was beaten. Yeah. Okay. And the might and power. Oh, wasn't that a goodie? Yeah. Well, I only got to watch the replay, but geez, it looked like it would have been exciting live. Oh, if if you were on either a Thunderstruck, Animo, or, Mo, or Zaki at one point in that race, you were sat there going, "Cat started counting your money," and it's just. Changed complexion so much throughout that race. It was it was great to watch. Yeah, Zaki looked. I thought he looked. It was looking really good about two hundred out or something like that. Oh, he was, and I think honestly, I think the condition gave out because I think first up that gut buster that really smashed him on that heavy. I think it was a heavy ten at, at Randwick, and then he went to that. Um, he went to the second up race where he was obviously beaten in at. at Stand down, and apparently he was quite fat in the yard. So, no doubts Annabelle's having him primed and, and building him up to his grand final in a week's time. Um, but I think I think he'll be a great chance in the in the Cox Plate. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think he just it, he it looked like he kind of he had to sustain a, a hell of a run. Well, he had yeah, and he had Alligator Bud being an absolute pest because Zaki's one of those horses that if he gets the rails and dictates the race he's an extremely hard horse to get past but if he's getting eyeballed or he has to sit outside lead it it, it can be a challenge for him i think it's been more evident in the in the latter portions of his career that's for sure yeah do you think you'll get that in the cox or there'll be someone up on him as well oh there's there's going to be leaders on in the cox well i think ab's still going there so alligator blood will obviously be up there this l bedoggin or Begotten or whatever that uh, French import from Walla, he can he can race on speed, um, and then whoever else they end up nomming. So I don't think he's going to get his way up front. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had some other good races at Caulfield too. Not a lot of them went our way, but no. Nah. So yeah, Caulfield Guineas, um, just a J Max special. Simple as that. He got the best out of Golden Mile. I don't think there's talk of him going to the Spring Champion. I don't think he'll go there purely for the fact that I think 1,600 is his hour, outer limit and I think just J-Mac absolutely nailed it and he's just unstoppable at the moment really, isn't he? Jeez, J-Mac had a field day, so did Godolphin. Yeah, like definitely. That. They had a great day out too. Well, we we said to lay him as such, but it probably I, I was too scared to lay Animo to be honest. Um, so, yeah, he just he just wrote it perfectly. I thought Osipenko was ridiculous coming down the outside. Yeah, I saw that. That was really oh, was a bit of an eye catcher. That was ridiculous, and I thought elliptical was extremely, um, extremely unlucky. Also, so I think the the top three in that were awesome. Um, Berkeley Square, mm, I think you could. I think Craig would have had his time again. I think he would have maybe run the race a little bit different. But it was one of those races, like we said on the potty. Um, it's a bit of a lottery, so. It was certainly not a launch bet for any of 
anyone, and I think that was evident in the race when how many how many of them crossed the within a length of each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just thought I'd give a shout out to I've got I've got a shout out to someone because um, he gave me a bit of lip about um, me tipping uh, one of the roughies in that race. Oh yeah, yeah, and he gave me a service. Someone, how wrong someone I gave was. you lip, Oracle. Yeah, he gave me a bit of lip about it. So, just Josh from Belmere, um, just listen to the potty a little bit more closer, mate. And you should have got on week one anyway. <laughs> well, I I wow. reckon Randwick being abandoned kind of didn't give you the opportunity to redeem that uh, Caulfield side of things. I think I reckon you would have well, come home strong there. Oh, I reckon Polly Gray was a, would have absolutely trotted in, to be honest, on that heavy deck. Would have jumped, jumped, got across, led, run a heavy 10. I reckon it would have been a four or five length job, to be honest. And I think Zaki was a good tip too. Like, I don't – oh. you're not going to get on Animal at $2. You'd rather be on Zaki at four. And, I mean, jeez. I, I would have taken that Zaki, t- uh, that Zaki bet every day of the week. I would have yeah. done the same thing again. 100%. I just See, can't I, believe, Oracle, that there's someone on this planet that feels like they could give you lip <laughs> for anything. Well, hopefully he's listening to this uh, when, we, when we put it out. Shame on him. He will be, surely. <laughs> Dan, I wanted to um, ask you about how yeah. he's – because he hasn't been spending his money wisely, I think. The Oracle, I'm a bad punter, and everything I know is just from you. Uh-huh. That's not why I'm bad. Um <laughs> but like if I've got a hundred bucks mm. that I want to spend on the weekend, you don't have to tell me like literally where to put it, but how do I want to be spending that hundred bucks? This weekend or just in general? In general. In general. So I'm a I'm like a pool based punter. So um essentially what happens is my my staking is dictated by how much my my punting pool is. So hypothetically saying I've got a punting pool of $1,000, then I will bet my bet or my units as such are usually um, like 1% of my actual total betting pool. So if I'm really confident, then I'll put a five-unit bet on. Yep. All right, makes sense? Yep, and that'd be what, 50 bucks? Yeah, correct. And then if I'm not that confident, I might put a two-unit bet on. So essentially what it does is if your pool gets smaller, then your unit size gets smaller. So it's kind of relative. So if you then start winning heaps, then your bets are going to get a little bit bigger. You're going to obviously win more money. But it's like a stop-loss thing. So a five-unit for you or in general is a a a confident bet? That's a launch job, yeah. Yep. So I don't like. It's, I don't get. So like I'm gonna start doing five buckets. Yeah, perfect. And then yeah. if your pool gets to to two hundred, then you'd bet ten bucks. Yep. It's like so the forth. it's like Love the it, stock Oracle. market or crypto, but um, less of a scam. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's the bloody oracle. So I love that. That's that's good. I'll uh, I'll stop doing my fifty uh, percent. 100% bets. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I, can, I can always send you like my unit stakes on like the tips that I put out and anything else if you ever need it. Oh, mate, that would be awesome. <laughs> so I actually, I actually picked that, that strategy up from an old, like an old client of mine who just loves the ponies. So he actually taught me that probably four or five years ago. Yeah. And it's just stuck with me ever oh, since. Love it. 
think you've taught a few people that Oracle. Yeah, Joel, I, I can't credit it. Obviously, we can give a shout out to Bren from Ipswich, who now lives on Bribey. Oh, so he he taught me that one. Thanks, Bren. Retired so, out there. Yeah, so he's a dollar and two dollar better now. But I know that he used to put some big, big bets on, and he's told me some history. So is he a boat, is he a boat guy, boatman? No, he's not a boatman actually. Oh. Well, oh, what does he do out there? Lawn bowls. He's just retired. Yeah, is it punt? Yeah, I think that whole water. island is the is just retired people. No, there's younger people starting to come out there now. Really? Definitely. Yeah, like in the. Up there, Bribes, we see quite a few young and youngins getting around. I think. What are, you, they, what are you doing up at Bribey? Well, that's where I work. Oh, is that where you? Is that where your office is? Well, that's one of my offices. Yes. Oh, because you'd have um, you'd have a fair bit of um, customers up there, hey? Yeah, we've got a, few, a bit of business up there. It's good, but yeah, we've got plenty of that's various smart. various age brackets. Yeah, right. Very laid, okay. very laid back. That's for sure. My auntie used to, my great auntie, my grandma's sister used to, used to own a property there on Bribey. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. So I was up there a fair bit for some reason. It's it's kind of nice, but it just, I, it always had this weird just retirement village feel about it. Well, there was always that running joke. It's the place for the newly wed and the newly dead. <laughs> yeah, right. They used, to, they used to run around there for a bit, which is a bit ruthless. <laughs> Um, but I think it's, it's certainly, I think there's a lot of developments going in there now and like they've, they've got lots of different things. So I certainly developed a lot more. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, well, sorry, we're getting a bit off track. Sorry. We're really <laughs> rambling. We'll no, touch on, do you want to touch on the, do you want to touch on the, the Turak then as well? The, the other yeah. group one? Yeah, please. So I, I think, I think do, everyone would have seen, I wish I wins 1400 meters start the, the start before and yeah. I think you would have seen the money truckloaded for it to for to like two dollars, maybe even a dollar ninety. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I this is my opinion. I don't think he ran a strong mile. Simple as that. So, and he was caught out like he was a fast-paced race. Tuvalu was just awesome. Strong, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought Tuvalu was awesome. Um, I thought the run of the race, and this is one of the horses to follow for me, is that is Law of Indices. Oh, you yeah. get a chance, go back and watch the replay and see how much ground it made up. It was just phenomenal. Okay. So he may have finally settled in. Because I know when Annabelle brought him out, he had a re- she had a really high opinion of him. And obviously he's, he's flopped every start except for the one just gone. So maybe he's finally put it together. Dry deck maybe, Melbourne way of going. I don't know, but he was just awesome. So if you ever get a chance, hop on racing.com and watch that replay because it was phenomenal. What was the name again? Law of Indices. Law of Indices. Oh, okay. So if you ever get a chance, watch that. It was just freakish. I don't know where they're going to go with him now because I think he's got a nom for the Cox Plate, but he's obviously be outclassed there. I, um, I don't know, maybe something over the Flemington Carnival potentially. Yeah. I don't we'll know what. We got another one to watch. We got a nice little black book going. Yeah, we're starting to pick it up, which is good. And we'll talk about a black book who's actually running this weekend. Okay. Um, and then the other one I want you to guys put in is that King's Gambit. I think it was in the first, that two-year-old. Yep. It was just an elite figure that that put up on debut. I think there's a guy called Dan O'Sullivan who does a lot of wait for age kind of ratings. 
Yeah. And it was an elite figure that that horse put up. So I okay. think you can follow that horse with confidence knowing wherever it goes. Okay. So we're, and we're going to see both of them before the spring's out for sure, right? We might, I think we'll see Laura Vindersen. I'm not sure about King's Gambit. I guess we'll wait and see. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the noms and stuff like that throughout the week and over yep. the coming weeks and see if there's anything. But it is a two-year-old race, so probably well, there's a chance we may not. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Binga, did you ever go, would you go to the races when you were living in Melbourne? Um, I've been once. Once? Yeah, Boog's like a real racing chick. No, no, she's not a racing chick. She just goes there and drinks. Yeah. But <laughs> she that she has a tent. I don't know. She's got an area or something. Does she um, have a punt? Oh, I don't even know if she punts. She probably hasn't even laid eyes on a horse, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I went once. What's um, the vibe like? Oh, it's a bit mixed. Mingy. This there's, time of year, you know. There's like, you know, you've got your corporates... And your sort of high end marquees, and then you've got your, your sort of your lower gen, end of the scale, the gen pop, <laughs> the gen pop, which is full of uh, you know oversized suits that they probably wore to court. They're out for the day and white belts. You get them at every <laughs> racetrack. White alligator shoes. Oh, those white <laughs> alligator shoes. <laughs> and it gets a bit wild. Tarot and cash. Do you have tarot caches in Melbourne? What are they? You must not. No. They'd get a flogging no. this time of year if you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually <laughs> just remember that when... That could be a good franchise. <laughs> Melbourne tarot cash. <laughs> yeah. When Go we left, I remember being like almost scared when we left the races. It's just the riffraff that was all just walking yeah, in a general direction, hammered. Yeah, you should always be a bit scared, but... Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but Oracle, what about you? Have you been down there this time of year? Yeah. Um, so we'll be down there this, this year for Derby Day. I think this will be my fifth Derby Day this year. Nice. I've done... An Two Coxes and a Manicado. So I've done my fair share of the Spring Carnival, that's for sure. Bit of Mooney Valley. Oh, it's the best. Best track to go to to actually watch the races. Yeah, it'd be good to go there and get pissed on a Friday night. Oh, so mate, Manicado night is great fun. Yeah, right. Would hi- highly recommend it. Fuck yeah, I've got to do that one that's time. next year, corner of the round table, Manicado. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Are we going, are we going live cross? Absolute, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the live stream. <laughs> yeah. Put Write that one down. Oracle, I'm looking at this weekend. Yep. And I'm salivating a bit. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, and the best thing is, as bad as it sounds like, we, we had to soldier on through just Caulfield last Saturday, but it's just boosted this Randwick card having like the Silver Eagle and all of those other races that have shifted over, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like I, having the Everest and Caulfield Cup on the same day is phenomenal. Yeah. Same so good for the wedding. punter. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you what do you want to touch on first, lads? Do you want to touch on Caulfield, or do you want to touch on Randwick? Yeah, let's go. Let's go Randwick first, I think. All right. So Randwick, um, as we said last week, obviously it was heavy deck got called off. So they've actually had like not too much rain this week, and I don't I think there's only about maybe five to ten mil max expected between now and race day. So 
I expect we'll be racing on a soft deck and potentially a good deck, but I'd, I'd probably suspect a soft deck. Um, the rail is in the true position, so obviously that's a good sign for the racing. Now, there is one thing that I want, obviously, you guys to consider and obviously the listeners as well is last week there was a meeting with the stewards and the jockeys um, at I think, what I forget what it was, maybe it was race four or five, maybe one or two races before they called it off anyway. And the jockeys pretty much said that the inside rail, which was at eight metres at the time, remember we spoke about that, yeah. was chopping out so they were going to come wider or was getting soft underfoot. So my concern is that eight metres from that rail could potentially be the worst ground to be in all day. Oh, wow. So is that going to be something to consider when you're looking at a swooper? Swoopers that are, are trying to get on the outside of horses and get on down there. It's something to, to consider. And I guess we'll get a good idea about that early on. But, yeah, it's, it's just having that little strip or that lane there where it was chopped out. I don't know what it could mean for for the horses on Saturday. So it's just something to consider. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that that'll play into Nature Strip, will it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the Everest, the, the Everest is. I feel like it's a one horse race. Yeah. To be honest, like I think I I spoke to you during the week, and I pretty much said if if Nature Strip can draw anywhere outside, I guess barrier eight or nine. And he's almost a certainty purely off the fact that, one, he's the world's best sprinter. We know that. He, I think he solidified that first up and obviously over at Ascot. He hates being inside horses because he has that tendency to be slow away out of the gates. So when he's drawn wide, he doesn't have to worry about getting bunched in horses. He just takes his time. Just, just cruises up on the outside. If he wants to take a sit, I think that was evident last start in the, I think it was the Concord, where he just he just took a sit and then blitzed him at the end. I just can't see anything that's going to challenge him. How many units? To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> How many units? So in that situation there, there, Dano, that would be a five-unit play. And is five-unit a a maximum? Yes, that's a maximum bet. Okay. 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Does five units mean 50%? (laughs) So so I I can win five bucks. Nah, if you put it's paying two dollars fifteen. I put five bucks on that, come out five dollars fifty on oh, top. Yep. Uh, but, like but but your unit size would be five bucks. You'd be putting twenty five on. How nah, much? Nah. Oh no! So are you saying you're depositing ten dollars? Depositing a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. So his unit size will be a dollar. And then you put five units, which is five. But yeah, so then essentially that's what you'll be doing. So there. I've just got to work my way yeah. up here, Oracle, okay. because that's it. I'm being silly at the moment, and I'm going to do this, and we're just going to see how it goes. I'm going to start with a hundred bucks. I like that. Well, I, that's I do that at the start of every year. The only bets I'm going to do now he's got a hundred thousand <laughs> <laughs> this year. Yeah, his, his units are a thousand dollars. Not far off. Jeez, he's good. <laughs> so that'd be a standout in the quaddy as well, then, Oracle. Yeah, yeah, that's a standout in the quaddy. So you I don't just know think, why. Sorry, it is interesting that you think that because I was when you said that to me during the week. 
when he drew wide, I wasn't sure if you were joking or not, but for a horse that sort of races like that to in, to be benefited from an outside barrier like that is kind of crazy. But I guess he's he's yeah he's just that good. He can sit outside him and still put him away. Well, there TJ was a perfect example. Remember he sat the capsule sat so like weirdly wide, and remember he just peeled up the outside of Eduardo and just took off. Like, yeah, yeah. That's just how he likes to race. Yeah, and you that's think he's done too much too much work, and then he just puts him away. Yeah, when if you look at Zaki, is the polar opposite. He wants that rail and he wants to stick to that rail, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, they're the polar opposite in terms of how they like to approach a race. Yeah, right. So, I, yeah, I look, I think I'm going to have to follow you. I've been staying away from him ever since he let me down a bunch over the years, but I think I'm going to get on this week. What are we getting for him? $2.15. Well, he's, yeah, he's had a little bit of a drift, which I'm quite surprised at, to be honest. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's a hundred percent Oracle going to be that outside barrier that are freaking people out. Cause when I first looked at it, I didn't know the outside barrier would be a benefit to him. I thought, Oh, it'd probably be better if he got a, you know, a middle barrier yeah. or something. But what you just said, just made Dan perfect just, sense. Dan just showing me a bet slip on his phone with $5 on nature strip to win. I power played at Oracle. <laughs> got, two 30, play got 230 for it. Juicy. Love it. Thanks mate. <laughs> I reckon you can almost go 50% on that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let them bully you. I won't, mate. I'm going to keep you updated every week, Oracle. One day my units are going to be bloody, I don't know, somewhere near yours, a thousand bucks or something. (laughs) (laughs) We'll build you up. Start slow. That's right. Baby steps. Thank you. Oracle, let's move into some of these other races at Randy. Yeah, far away. So... It, the whole quaddy looks ridiculous, really. Um, oh. uh, let's just move straight into the Silver Eagle. Oh, yeah. Isn't this a good race? It's crazy. So I was I was, I was, was obviously keen on Lock Eagle last last week. Obviously, we were with the, the way the track was playing, it, wasn't end, it didn't end up being a bet. But I was really keen on it. But my only problem with the horse this week is the jockey pikey i was just about to say it mate he have you ever heard those words spoken i know and i'm sorry to do it because pikey the amount of time he he saved me before after having an absolute strip out over in perth but he's like did you see him on the the oaks favorite during was it today today or or yet or tuesday i was working he was on the short price favourite on the radio. He all all but declared it and then he just butchered it. And he's just, yeah, he's just not up to speed at the moment. I don't know what it is. Something might be playing on his mind or anything like that. But seeing him in booked was just, it didn't fill me with a lot of confidence. And I would have loved, to, honestly, to see Dylan Gibbons get the Robert, uh, deride, but he ended up jumping on stray of all horses. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Right, well, Stray. even Stray. 126, there 126 you go. chance. But how bad can Pikey ride bad for? I honestly think he's the best rider in the country. Obviously, Ooh. not recently, but Jesus Christ, the way he lifts them, like it's just yeah. I I don't think I've seen anything. Like J Max, good, Nash is good, Bowman's good. There's some real good jockeys out there, but I've just. In my time, never seen anybody just lift a horse like Willie Pike can. Just his style. He's the style master. 
Pikey, yeah. Pikey he's, Lowell, he's, I guess. He, when when he's in form, he's great jock. But it's just like anything. It's like you you see when you when you're following like say footy tips, you follow a form team and you usually tip them every week. But if they're out of form, like say Manly at the end of their season, you're not going to back them. No, no way. Yeah, so I've gone off. I've gone off Lock Eagle. I um, I I'm I'm leaning towards a lot of Nash this this Saturday, to be honest. Oh yeah, I like that. And I don't know, I don't know, Corbs to be. I think Valana. If you guys go back and watch the trial on racing New South Wales, the last trial just in the twentieth of September with um, well, fun enough, Clippo on board. It was electric. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, th- I really like the, the 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 trial of it. I um, I think it's drawn really really nicely. It has the tendency because uh, I think in the Congo with J Mac will lead, and I think Mister Mozart will either dump up and try and make it sit wide or sit behind it. And I think Valana could potentially get across and sit, I guess, two maybe three pairs back, um, and that'll give it like a last chance. And I think a strong ride. A strong rider like Nash would be perfect for the horse. Yeah, Mr. Mozart's favourite in that. Yeah, as well. and I, I, I can see why. Yeah, okay. Drawn barrier, drawn barrier one on speeder. Um, going to get a better deck than what it's been, even though it, it, it obviously handles the heavy. Um, I can see why, but I think with with in the Congo in this, he's, he's certainly not going to have his way up front. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Actually got a black, want, got a black booker in that race, but who's that? Bit of a step up for him, Jimmy the Bear. Oh yeah, Jimmy the Bear. I love Jimmy the yeah, Bear. I love Paddy Payne. But I feel like but, Jimmy's but, been up forever, yeah, forever, he has. forever, and he just keeps he performing well. Year. <laughs> yeah, keeps performing yeah. well. He's good horse. Like he's good. Only missed the only missed the trifecta, I think, twice in his career. So yeah, crazy. He's certainly what? up there. Yeah, eighty three point three three place. What? How many times has he raced? He's I raced 12, 12 times for six wins, two seconds, and two thirds. That's impressive. There you go. Crazy. Very impressive. So we like Villana in that. Yeah, it's it's not a tip as of yet. Oh, again, we'll confirm that on the socials. But yeah. Valana be the horse that I'm eyeing off. I also have got a really strong, and you guys remember it, that um, Kiss Sum. I've got a really strong opinion of Kiss Sum. I think it's a really really good horse. But again, <laughs> we won't mention the jockey's name on board. Voldemort. <laughs> Vol- Voldemort, exactly. So I think I think I think the the Silver Eagles a cracking race. And if you were playing quaddies, you'd go relatively wide. That's for sure. Okay. Good to know. And we can put them up again on the social. I can give you the, the Randwick quaddie numbers if we want to play that. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely do that. Done. Um, so what are we going to say at Randwick or? Well, I'll talk about brutality. Is that running? Yeah, running. So what? Ooh. So just to remind um, Josh from Belmere. Just because we put it in the black book doesn't mean we back it every start, okay? <laughs> All right? So, so it's, what do you reckon the deck's not wet enough? No. So as as I said on the the potty a couple of weeks ago, remember Joe Pride like puts the blinkers on grand final time. Yeah. So if you look at the gear changes, blinkers haven't been applied. So I think it's just going to be a run around for him. Might be a great might, – might run well. But it won't be having my cash on okay. in that race. No. Good. Barrier 21. 
Yeah. Kathy, yeah. Kathy, I, I think it'll huge odds, yeah. drifting odds. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, right. Sweet. We'll wait for those blinkers then. Yeah, that's it. All right. Did you? Was there anything else to anything go else Randy? Randy? Mate, I no, not at the present moment. I really liked handle the truth. Um, in, when he was first up, so that'll be in the Kosciuszko I'm talking about. Yeah, Nash on board. Yeah, Nash on board again. So I really liked it, liked his run first up on the heavy in the Concord Stakes behind Eduardo. And Thelric, he actually beat Andermatt, Malkovich, Zapateo, and all those guys actual home. So I thought his run was really, really good. But then he went to the shorts, I think, the week later behind Nature Strip, and he was just, I guess, just fair. He only beat Shelby 66 and an injured classic legend home. So I'm not sure. He's raced in this race before and actually done very, very well. But I think being, like we always talk, it's like the grand final of high, of highways or grand final of, sorry, midways, then it's kind of like, ugh, don't really want to play, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Because Osco is... <laughs> Pretty interesting little one there with Jimmy Orman on. Yeah, far too easy. Yep. Yeah, big early market sport as well. I think it was a little... What's it at now, Corpse? It's at 5.50 now. Yeah, I think it opened at 11 today just after lunch when the barrier draw was finalised. Wow. Yeah. A bit of hype around him. I'm so stoked Jimmy's down there. Yeah, we had a butcher today in the last race at Ipswich, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't, won't mention that sensitive no, subject, that though, one. will we? <laughs> so, do we all move, right, so I think, where do we move on to Caulfield, or do you want to touch on Eagle Farm at all this weekend? No, nah, nah, I haven't found anything at Eagle Farm yet. But again, if I find anything, we'll just put it up on the on the socials. Sure. Yeah, can you give us uh, can you give us your Caulfield Cup rundown? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. This is a, this uh, hold is a big on. one. All right. So, Caulfield Cup. I've got the barrier draw actually in front of me here. Okay, good. So, have you guys seen the barrier draw? Has it come out or anything like that? It, it, it actually hasn't on like sp- the some of the uh, betting apps, like Sportsbet and another one as well. It's, okay. Um, well, I'll run, I'll, I'll run, do you want me to run through them briefly or do you want me to just give you the numbers of the, kind of the big dogs? Uh, just give us the big dogs, you reckon? All right. So, Gold Trip's drawn barrier 12. Duas nine, Knight's order the, the the noted leader eighteen, mm. um, nonconformist fifteen, um, Benno twenty, Great House three, Inspirational Girl one, oh. um, Smoke and Romans five. You don't like the one corps? No, not for Inspirational Girl. No, no, not it's not for her racing style. It's not going to be great. That's for sure. I would have preferred her probably around the. The eights, nines, maybe tens around that range, really. So this smoking Romans, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, for, oh shit! Sorry, that's my greyhound. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> maybe he's got a bit of um, <laughs> bit of erectile dysfunction or something. <laughs> so they do this thing. It's like the greyhound squeal of death, where. They scream really loudly when nothing has actually happened to them. But he could probably run into a wall and be fine. But I think he just, a cushion fell off the couch and hit him. So he's screaming like he's fucking broken his leg. Uh, but f- Keep going, <laughs> Bren. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Um, yeah, so, what? sorry, what I was talking then actually, I was saying 
Smoking Romans, I saw it, had a bit of talent a while ago. Um, got on it last prep. I think I won a bit of money on a couple of its races. And I kind of looked past it in that last one that it won. Do you think it is progressive enough to take this out? I certainly think it's a chance. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not going to sit back and say it can't win. That's for sure. And then, like if I was having a quaddy, I'd be certainly putting it on. My only concern with that smoke and Romans, and I think we touched on it last week, was it had a field day up the front on a good deck that favoured leaders and on paces. So whether or not, I don't know, whether or not he's going to get it this week with a heavy, heavy deck, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, okay. I think the big I think the big thing that we've got to consider here as well is the um you would have do you guys watch the Thousand Guineas today? Thousand Guineas race day? No, I missed it. Was yeah, it so it was a heavy it was a heavy tan, rail was in the true and the horses essentially were, were coming um coming maybe eight, nine meters out out and running on from there because the obviously the inside was chopped up. So they're bringing the rail out. I think it's six or eight meters. I can't remember one of the two. So that would suggest that it's going to be at six meters. So they're going to be in that line essentially that they ran on from today. So that may be favoring those leaders, but I don't suspect it will, to be honest. But it's just something to consider when you're thinking about it. And I think we're going to be dealing with a heavy 10 on or heavy nine at the absolute Got any best on Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a few tough runners. I got them for you. So they're getting, I think they, there's talk of them getting between 30 and 50 mils tomorrow. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. And then, so it's, and then Friday they're getting showers and then Saturday will be a bit better. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah. What are you so thinking? It's, uh, in terms of in the race, yeah. well, like you can put a pen through a few horses with that, I think. As, as much as I like the horse, Maximal can't win. He hates the heavy. Oh, yep. Okay. Um, yep. I'm yet to see. I don't think Dwayas really handles the heavy, to be honest. Oracle, do you, just quickly, do you think there'll be a fair few scratchings now that the barrier is out or not? They'll just they'll I, keep them. I, they'll keep them running? Well, there's two. There's got the two emergencies in there. So Durston and, and Macron are your, are your emergencies. So... It, it wouldn't surprise me if like a horse like Maximal was scratched, but why not have a run? This is his yeah. GF. Yeah, like, sure. He may pull something out of a hat and then suddenly just become a swimmer. So I think with a big group one like this, like a major, you, you're not going to see any scratchings unless the horses are uh, they're not sound or they've got bigger fish to fry down the track. Yeah, so you wouldn't pull them out of a Caulfield Cup, would you? No, not if it's your GF. But if you're aiming towards like a Melbourne Cup, then you could probably go down the route of a like a Geelong Cup or or a Bendigo Cup or I don't know any of those kind of staying races leading up to the to the Melbourne Cup if you wanted to get the miles in the legs. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, so there's there's actually quite a few horses in this actual field who I think will be fine in the heavy heavy going. So. I think they're the ones that we've certainly got to consider. Okay, so, who, who are you thinking? So we know Gold Trip will handle it. He loves the soft going. I think um, he'll be fine in it. I think Knight's Order will relish it. Um, Montefilia does handle the heavy, but last the last the run last start really put question marks up whether she's come up this prep. Um, I think Numerian will ha- handle it, handle the heavy, no compromise. 
great house. Smoking Romans, obviously. Benno for sure. And um and then Kurt and then Corbs's girl, inspirational girl, who's um by reliable man, who's they're usually pretty good wet trackers. Well, nothing really stands out to me when you mention those names. Really? If something that I wanted to back, yeah. So the horse that I the, again, this isn't a tip yet. I'll have it. I've got to do a little bit more in the race after we do this barrier draw, and I'll kind of draw up a speed map about where I see horses sitting in run and and how the race pans out. But a horse like Benno to me seems um, seems uh, yes, he's drawn the car park, but the way he's been set up for this race, it just appeals to me. So one thing is, you know how we spoke about the quick backup like a few weeks ago with some horses. Yep. Yep. So Benno, if you recall last year, he ran within half a length of Hitotsu in the derby. Ooh. Or was that earlier this year? One of the two, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, he ran, and that was on a five-day backup. Really? So he ran in the Tullock, yeah. I think he ran fourth in the Tullock. He then backed up that. Remember when that meeting got moved to Newcastle on like a Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, so he backed up five days later and then took Hitotsu to, to within half a length. And now Hitotsu was like marked as like this next great thing coming out of Australia prior to him being injured. So we know that he's going to handle the backup. I thought he was really good last start last week in the might and power behind obviously the big three. Yeah. He, he, he loves the heavy or handle the heavy. And he's got, well, he's got our boy Regan Bayless on. Few things to like it. <laughs> well, I've been waiting to launch at him to be honest. So you just give me the word. Yeah. So 100%. he's one that I'm considering. The other one that I really like is Great House. Yeah. I yeah. I think he has been fantastic this prep. He's just been unlucky. So you'll see obviously a third and then a, a big donut for him this prep. But I think he's been really, really good. And I think he's he's actually like like in into this race in his eyeballs. Yeah. Getting $31 for him at the moment as well. Yeah. Like, I think that's a, like, I think it's a great bet. Like, again, you can forgive him after last start, smoking Romans on that track. He was very unlucky there. And then he was good carrying the 60 and a half kilos first up in that, um, I think it was a mile 1700 behind behind Macram. So I think he's a great chance and, and it'd certainly be one they'll be considering for the quaddy. Yeah, I really like that. I'm kind of like looking at this race now as something where a bit of value might get up. Yeah, it could be one of those races where you just chuck a few units on a couple of things at odds and then just pray and hope one of them gets over the top of, of what more the, the more fancied runners. Yeah, so who's who's going to run favourite? Uh, I'd suspect Smoke and Romans will run favourite. Yeah, okay. I think the figures are on the board, handles a heavy deck. You're going to pay that Jamie car tax there. So... Yeah, it's just I think that I think I think that's where the money will come because obviously if you're looking at the the market right now you've got what Smoke and Romans around that four four eighty five dollar mark and then everything else is in double figures. Yeah, do you think um, as far as like strength goes, this is one of the weaker Caulfield Cups? Yeah, yeah, you could probably say that. I think the. The best one we've seen in recent times is the one that um, Best Solution won. You know, the, I think it was a, a Dubai or a Middle Eastern Godolphin runner one. That yeah. was one of the better better races we had. Yep. But, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a weaker edition. But we've just got to remember, obviously, it's a handicap. Yep. So you're going to get those horses that 
where their handicap rating's not super high, and they're just going to get it get in on the minimum or on the on the the minimum what like be given the minimum weight more than anything. Yeah. So we're we're sacking uh, Duras. Yeah, I I I just don't think she's come up this prep for one and two. I'm not sure of her on a, on a really really heavy deck. Yeah, you said that last time. You're going to see how she goes in that last race. Yeah, didn't impress. Nah, a Montefilli I'm willing to sack. Yeah, I didn't I was I didn't like the look of that last run either. Yeah, Sound Chapada, Crystal Pegasus, Charlie Rose, I'm probably willing to sack as well. Um I think Val and Declare is is doing really, really well, but again on a heavy deck, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure whether whether he'll handle that. So Yeah, yeah. Melbourne Cup winner. He hasn't done much since. No, he hasn't. Well he had that you often see that where a horse will have an absolute like, like a, just a brilliant run in the, like a, a cup or something like that, and they don't come back. Yeah, you see it with Derby runners as well, and some Oaks runners as well. It's just that that staying distance can really rattle the horse. But I think he's come. I think Danny O'Brien's got him firing, and I think he's really in line for a a good chance in in the the Melbourne Cup at odds. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll keep an eye on that. So yeah. So we reckon Benno, great house. Benno, great house. I wouldn't be penning Gold Trip at all. Yep. Okay. And they'd probably be they'd probably be the three that I'd be um be looking at. That's for sure. Okay. Lovely. And so we'll just wait to hear more from you and probably post on the socials if you've got anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll I'll do the like my speed maps and and have a look at the races a bit more in depth and then we can post them on the socials like we did last week. Okay. Oracle, did you say something before about a black book or running? Yeah, brutality. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, actually, and and fortunate kiss. Oh. Remember we spoke about fortunate kiss? Yeah, yeah. When's that one running? So she's a core field in the eighth race. Ah, okay. Which is the the group two Tristark. Yep. Yeah, so she's she's actually at odds. She's about nineteen bucks at the moment. Yes, is it lovely. worth a, a unit? The thing is, she's hasn't she's zero and three on a soft deck, so the chances are of her handling a heavy deck, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Like, uh, she's only raced on soft fives and soft sixes in her entire career, so going into the heavies, a bit of an unknown. So might be worth yeah. a, a one oh. one dollar flutter. I'm gonna have a small yeah. play. <laughs> You could you could have a small play. Benny Mellon's on, so that's a that's a great jockey book. I'm really like I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, I know Benny Mellon. Yeah, bit of a loose unit. Had a night out with him. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, legend. Was he wild? He was good. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him, Oracle. Is he, if he's if he, is he riding this fortunate kiss? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he is. <laughs> It's all coming together. Betty Ballard would put five grand on that, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, he'll get – I think he'll get two units for that. Two units? All right, well, she's running it, – it'd probably be one of those – it wouldn't surprise me, though, if um, Dan, Daniel Bowman scratches her if he's not happy with the, the deck. Okay. So I, I, w- I also wouldn't probably recommend any of your um, – any of the followers or anything like that get chiming in too early. Now at Caulfield, because most of your early money will have happened. So you, the odds aren't going to change a drastic amount now until race day. So just just wait and see what's happening with this track. 
you'll be everyone will be tempted to jump in because their favorite horse or a familiar horse is up. But just seriously, just wait. I think it'd be a smart decision. Okay. Love that. Love that. All right. So, yeah, the weather's kind of halted us a bit again, but we'll wait. Yeah, it'll, we'll wait to see there. And then, um, yeah, we'll go from there, I reckon. Yeah. All right. Lovely. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up. We've, uh, we've had a long afternoon here. <laughs> You've done well, boys. Yeah, the feeding of the swans out the back and God knows what's happened in between until we got to this point. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we we appreciate your time again Oracle you are the man thank you so much pleasure lads thanks Oracle always a pleasure see, see you boys have a good one catch up okay we're going to wrap it up there uh, we've got a few bets to put out mine are mostly futures on the Rugby League World Cup uh, I'm going to wait I'm just going to post those up on the socials uh, Corbs what are you thinking um, I'm I'm looking to go west again Stick to the name and see how we go. Bingo? Yeah, mine are the Oracles. You're the Oracles tips? <laughs> yeah, my best bet is to listen to Oracle and do what he says. All right, so Minga is good bet. tipping whatever the Oracle says. I like that. So, yeah, we're going to go. Thanks if, for listening. If that isn't the best Minga. advice to give someone, Minga, I don't know what is. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. You can't go wrong with that. No. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.